Hello everyone and welcome to the Smart Firefighting Podcast. This is your host Kevin Sofen speaking. Today we're going to sit down with Cody Blunt with Responder X to talk to us about the Task Force Tracker. One of the biggest problems in today's fire service is understanding where the firefighter is during a fire scene in a mayday situation. Cody's been a firefighter for 20 years and has first-hand experience with some of the issues of the inability to track a firefighter during a situation. We're going to learn about how this technology is a combination of hardware and software and how it is providing real-time data to firefighters at the scene to better understand where the firefighters are to help save firefighters' lives. We hope you enjoy listening and take care. Cody, welcome to the Smart Firefighting Podcast. Hey, Kevin. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us on. We really appreciate the invite, and we're looking forward to sharing sharing some information with you. Yeah, you guys have some really cool technology, and I know one of the biggest things within the firefighting space right now is understanding where the firefighter is, how the firefighter is doing, and where is a lot understanding the whereabouts of the firefighter. And I know that is one of the biggest things that you guys have set out to solve. So. Give me a little bit of background uh, first, actually, about yourself. We want to hear about Cody Blunt, and then tell us how the Responder X Task Force Tracker came to fruition. So I'm, uh, I've been in the fire service for almost 20 years. I'm one of those guys that I grew up in the firehouse. My dad was a fireman, and I knew I wanted to be a fireman from the time I was a little bit kid. Uh, if you remember the scene from Backdraft where um, young uh, Brian McCaffrey was standing on the front seat of the fire truck with his dad on the way to the call, pulling on the air horn. That was me and my old man going to calls when I was a little bitty kid. So I, w- I was indoctrinated in the fire service and I've been doing this, you know, been around it for my entire life. Uh, so I, I really have, am very blessed to be a kid that fulfilled his, fulfilled his dreams. Um, so the genesis of, of the task force tracker was February 15th, 2013 in Bryan, Texas, which is where our company's based. Um, on that night, uh, there was a fire in the Knights of Columbus Hall in Bryan, and the crews were inside fighting fire, and Lieutenant Eric Wallace got separated from his crew. He called a mayday. He radioed that uh, he needed help. They sent in the um, sent in the RIT team to come in and take care of him and start bringing him out. And uh, they, they ran into some obstacles. They had a partial building collapse, and all four of them got burned very severely. So on that night, Lieutenant Wallace and the lieutenant from the RIT team, Lieutenant Greg Pickard, uh, unfortunately succumbed to their injuries, and the two other firefighters, Mitch Moran and Ricky Manti, were severely burned. They ended up in a burn center down in Galveston for for many months and had many months of surgeries and rehab uh, before they could get back to work. So in the after-action review, when it was all said and done, we discovered that Lieutenant Wallace was actually right next to an exterior door. And if the RIT team had known that, they could have gone in and breached that door and pulled them out the side. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and they didn't know that. Um, so our, the, our company founder, Andrew Jarrett, who has a background both in firefighting and in technology, set out to try to use technology to figure out how we could locate firefighters. Um, the current gold standard for locating firefighters is what we call a passport system. It was invented by Seattle Fire Department in 1991 uh, after in response to a double line of duty death up there. And what it is is that firefighters, as as many firefighters well know, usually have a name tag. And whenever they show up for their shift, they put that name tag on a truck, uh, on a, a board on the truck. Then that board gets given to an accountability officer whenever they go inside of the structure. Uh, whenever they come out of the structure, they retrieve their name tags. And so as long as all the name tags are retrieved, they know that everybody's safe and accounted for. The problem comes in the fact that when we get ready to try to locate a firefighter in the event of a mayday situation, we know that they are somewhere in the building. We just have no idea where in the building that, we, that they are. And so 
using the technology that, that's come about, we're hopefully going to be able to locate firefighters and, and pinpoint their precise location so that if somebody needs to be rescued inside the structure, um, we can go right to them instead of having to search for them. Interesting. So that, that's fantastic to hear. How is that actually happening? What is it a combination of a hardware, software? What is the actual technology that is being implemented to actually allow us to use technology to locate these firefighters? Sure. Well, it is a combination of the hardware and software. So our system is comprised of three components, a wearable device that's about the size of a deck of cards that gets worn on the firefighter's gear. Uh, that talks to a hub on top of the fire truck uh, that's linked to a little mini computer, one of, our, one of our pieces of hardware. And then those two also, in conjunction, talk to a tablet in the chief's car or the safety officer's car. Uh, basically, it works like triangulation, kind of like the way your cell, a cell phone tower locates your cell phone as you're, as you're traveling around. Um, so it triangulates the location of every firefighter on the incident scene and shows basically a dot on a map of exactly where the personnel are inside the building. Interesting. So that I, I mean, one thing that you mentioned earlier about this Mayday situation, I, I, I like this idea of we're actually, all right, there, you're in a terrible situation. Something has really gone wrong, and now you know the firefighter's in there. Now that the actual this is worst-case scenario and you have this hardware and software actually communicating and, and creating this information that's being sent to the, the fire scene, you know, once this hardware and software is interacting and talking to each other and we're in the middle of a mayday situation, how is this actually creating information and data that's actually going to provide value and provide information to the fire chief or whoever's on command to better understand what to do to actually get this firefighter at the scene. You know, what, what does that look like in the actual heat of the moment? Sure. So let's say that, that the lieutenant from Engine 1 calls a mayday. The way we currently locate firefighters in addition to searching and you know, going in and blindly searching for them is we rely very heavily upon that mayday firefighter self-reporting his what he thinks is his location or his last known location. And when you're in a, a fight or flight situation, you've got that adrenaline rush going on, that can be really inaccurate, uh, especially, you know, if you're running out of air and you think you're about to die, you know, it, you're, you're in full survival mode. And so your senses kind of tend to go out the window sometimes. So what this allows us to do is, let's say the lieutenant from Engine 1 calls a mayday, says, I'm uh, on the second floor in the Alpha Bravo corner. The incident commander looks at his tablet and says, yeah, he's on the second floor, but he's not in the Alpha Bravo corner. He's in the Bravo Charlie corner. Hey, Rip team, go to the Bravo Charlie corner on the second floor, and that's where you're going to find that guy. So it, it really increases our level of information so we can go right to them, um, especially if they don't know where they are. And do you have some sort of data on showing how accurate that is and what that sort of what the, what the pinpoint accuracy of the, this data tracking looks like? Sure. We're, uh, we're sub-meter right now. Um, obviously, the more, as the technology continues to develop, we can get that down even further. And the more apparatus we have on scene, the more accurate that becomes. Uh, but really, within the firefighting world, if you can get, if you can get a RIT team inside the room that, that the firefighter is, uh, that's what we're really looking for. But yeah, we're, we're, we're sub-meter right now. That's awesome. Okay, well, the other thing I know that I've seen within this, this challenge of understanding where the firefighter is, is dealing with some of these GPS denied environments. It, are you guys using any of the GPS uh, within some of the, I know within the heavy type one construction, it's a problem of, uh, with GPS. So what, are, what, are you, what kind of frequency or communication 
of data sending uh, capacity are you guys using to allow this communication of firefighter tracking to actually occur? Yeah, so we do have a GPS chip on board um, so that if the guys are standing outside, we can we can pull their GPS coordinates and then that makes it easy. Um, the inside component, as you alluded to, is a little bit more difficult uh, without the view of the sky and, and sometimes in in environments that are intentionally denied that signal. Um, we're, we're using a combination of signals. Um, the exact uh, combination and frequency range is proprietary, uh, so I really can't reveal that. Um, but would just suffice it to say it's a combination of frequencies that'll get us to get us to where we need to be. That's cool. And how many fire departments are using this today? So right now we're pre-market still. Uh, we have 20 agencies so far that have signed up for paid pilot programs, uh, including the ATS National Response Team. Uh, uh, these are departments from around the country that have come to us and either given us a verbal commitment or a letter of commitment, or in some cases we even have funds already earmarked in some agencies' budgets to purchase our system for the pilot program. Um, so we're anticipating pilots to start probably third or fourth quarter this year, and then uh, the full sales cycle to start probably Q2-19. Cool. It's exciting. Well, it's happening soon. What do you see as one of the bigger obstacles with the adoption of this technology? Well, anytime... Uh, Change is a four-letter word in the fire service. Firemen don't like change, whether it's changing their routine or something as simple as, hey, let's go to a different grocery store on any given day. Uh, firemen have their routine, and they, they like to do things the same way every time. And if you've got a crew that's really strong and it really works well together, um, sometimes change can be bad. But in this case, this is a situation where we feel that change is going to be a really good thing. Uh, one of the things that we, that we have to do is figure out how to integrate this change into a firefighter's routine with the, the, and minimize interruptions to the routine and minimize how they change. So we're using some of, uh, some of our experience in the fire service to be able to do that, to integrate that and, and know how firefighters work and how they think uh, to be able to integrate that into, into the, the firefighters community. Yeah, I and mean, I've been working, I'm not a firefighter myself, but I've been in the fire service now going on seven years, and I have seen that reluctance to change, not only in the fire industry, but a lot of different industries. And myself being, quote-unquote, a millennial, one thing that always bothers me more so than anything is the response of, oh, that's just how we've always done it. That's that This is the way that we've done it in the past, and we're going to keep doing it. But to me, that is the quickest way for failure and the quickest way to go to business or even die. And I think when looking at this of now, how can we bring awareness to this and educate firefighters that, hey, this, this is not going to be a huge change in your, your operations. It's just a small, somewhat of adaption of how you should actually go about approaching your firefighting scene and firefighting operations. And if this can save your life, I think this is something that you should consider. Yeah, we have a saying in the fire service, 200 years of tradition uninterrupted by progress. And that's kind of kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it really alludes to the fire service's resistance to change. Uh, as, you, as you said, that whole adage of, well, this is the way we've always done it. It's always worked so far, so why should we change things? You know, if you go back and you look at the numbers, uh, the numbers really are, are the proof in the pudding. We lose about, an average of about 100 firefighters per year every year in the United States, and that number really hasn't changed significantly since the, the late 1970s, which is considered the modern fire service. And the thing is, Kevin, we're not coming up with new and unique ways to kill firemen. We're doing the same things year in and year out. Um, at our office in College Station, uh, Andrew keeps a running total on the board 
of the number of line of duty deaths in the United States of firemen since we started this project. And as of today, that number is up to 491 firefighters that have lost their lives in the line of duty. And so we're what we're hoping to do here at Responder X is to, you know, we can't we can't reverse that number, obviously, but we're hoping to slow that number down and uh, and prevent some of these some of these preventable deaths. I, I love it. I mean, I, as long as if it can be one life, it can be one opportunity. I mean, I think everything that you and the founder have done to actually bring this to fruition and bring this new technology to the market, that makes it all worth it. You know, and, and this is particularly personal to me. It, it is to Andrew also, but it's particularly personal to me because this Knights of Columbus Hall fire where this whole thing got started, I was on that scene. I was there for several hours and I listened to the pass alarm on Lieutenant Wallace's air pack go off for several hours while we're waiting on the state fire marshal's office to show up. Um, once you've been in that situation, you know, you really can't describe how that makes you feel. And so that's why this is so personal to both of us. Yeah, I get it. And I, and my heart goes out to you and all the, you said the hundred firefighters lost per year. I mean, that's, it's not acceptable and we need to do everything we can to get that number to zero. And I think with with innovative technologies like what you have and some of the work of the smart firefighting community, it, I think that we're, we can do that. I mean, it's just a matter of how can we bring some of these new technologies to the marketplace and get some new adoption from different players. And, and I'm excited to hear that you've got some pilot programs lined up here um, in the next uh, 6, 12 months here. Yeah, and, and we're really excited to have uh, have partners like and smartfirefighting.com to help us get the word out for about this technology um, and, and especially to help help fire, fire departments see the need for and the benefit for new technologies that are coming down the pipe for the fire service and how, how that's going to benefit our firemen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, give me a, a little bit of a final plug here for you guys of uh, what what is next in the next couple of weeks and then if people want to learn more about you or the company, how can they go about doing that? Sure. So we, uh, we're going to be at FDAC International in Indianapolis the week of April the 25th to the 29th. We'll have our demo of our task force tracker set up on the show floor. Uh, we're going to be at booth 8116 inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. So when you come down the ramp coming from the ICC into Lucas Oil, as soon as you come into the main part of the, of the uh, arena, hang a right. We'll be down there on the right showing off our, our system. Um, coming up beyond that, um, let's see what else. If they want to find more info, uh, an email or a website, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, sure. So visit us online at, at responderx.com. Uh, also, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash responderx. Uh, check out what we've got going on over there. Be sure to, to give us a like and a share. Um, and we'd love to uh, to see anybody at our booth at, at Lucas Oil that, uh, that happens to themselves at FDIC in a couple of weeks. Fantastic. Well, Cody, it's really been a pleasure talking to you, listening to you. We're excited for the smart firefighting community to learn more and get involved with the amazing technology you're doing. I look forward to seeing you here in Indianapolis, and we'll we'll keep it going. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. Hey, have a great day. You too.